Tuz Biber FM Hello, can I see your passports please? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Passport Podcast. I'm your host, Leon Sandler. On this podcast, we interview creatives, comedians, and all kinds of people from all over the world in Istanbul, Turkey. I'm here today with me. That's right, folks, with him. <laughs> <laughs> and you are? Saman Tinati. That's right. I didn't want to say that because I'd probably mispronounce it. But uh, yeah, I'm here with Saman. Uh, so Saman is uh, an international comedian, also on the Istanbul comedy scene. Uh, Saman, could you tell our tens of thousands of eager listeners something about yourself? Uh, Why didn't you introduce me? What uh, am I, I here? Don't, I'm, what, you know, this who is, am I here? I'm joined by my uh, co-host and production assistant and coffee boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, Recently promoted to bellboy. Drug mule. Um, <laughs> yeah, a lot of titles. Murat Skencholdo. Okay. He had to remind me because I'm, I'm not even entirely sure. Murat, who lives somewhere, I don't know where, he's never invited me to his house. Yeah. You are all invited. All of the podcast listeners are invited to my house. That's right. All three of you uh, <laughs> are, are here and you're hey. welcome to come to Murat's house specifically. Not to mine. I, uh, it's really filthy in there. It's not good. But in Murat's house, you can go visit yeah. him. Yeah. Bring me back something nice from his house if you're in there. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Saman, so could you tell the people a little something about yourself? Um, well, I've been living here since... 2012 and yeah that's it right <laughs> folks he doesn't want to give out a lot we'll see why in just a few moments uh, Saman's not very big on giving out personal information about where he lives and what he's doing Saman uh, I'll just drop the bomb if you want you're from Iran then right yeah 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 I mean I'm sorry to make it like a I'm not accusing you of anything, but um, yeah, I mean, we're interviewing people from all over the world here, hypothetically. I mean, one uh, Turk-Bulgarian and now you, so that's... And you, that was the joke. You are half Russian, half American, I'm I'm full Russian and full American. I'm full Jewish. And half Jewish. (laughs) That's the part with the discount, actually, is I'm half Jewish. Um, See, uh, that already is kind of dangerous for me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why didn't you commit to the... (laughs) For you listeners, I want to uh, so, say that someone uh, requested a masseuse to relax in front of a mm-hmm. Russian Jewish. Yeah, so Murat, g- get to it. <laughs> Man, I thought I was going to be interviewed by a chick. That's why I'm so disappointed. <laughs> I, I, told, I told you I would hey, be here. Uh, yeah, I already told is... you. I don't know what you thought would happen. Uh, I don't know. But I'm disappointed too. If I could get a chick in here, I wouldn't be doing a comedy podcast. Uh, you understand? True. True. <laughs> I can be a woman. I can claim I'm a woman. This is 2022. I'm a woman now. That's right. For We've this podcast, suddenly gone very anti woke here. We're, yeah. we're alt right now. We're kind of neo Nazis, which is weird because I'm with a Turk and an Iranian. Um, yeah. And the half Jew in me, there's like a spider sense that goes off. All right. Uh, so, yeah. So, Saman, you've been living here for how long, did you say? For. Exactly 10 years now. Actually, I came in September 2012 um, to study and get my master's degree. Uh, I did graduate, so that you know, and some other boring shit. Uh, You You don't don't sound too enthusiastic about (laughs) that. You're like, yeah, I think I graduated. Uh, You don't look like you graduated from anywhere. (laughs) That's true. If if you told me university graduate Samantanati, I wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Actually, you know, I went halfway through a PhD. Oh, not not because wow. I wanted to be an academic, you know, like 
Mm-hmm. I, I just I just did it to avoid military service back in my country. Uh, it's the best reason to get a PhD. Man, absolutely. man, like half of our population is doing this. We're not really like so enthusiastic about like learning shit. Right. Just oh no, I couldn't possibly join in the military. I've got to do my PhD. And in, in what did what did you study? Um, architecture. Yeah, I did it to impress girls. You did studying architecture. <laughs> yeah, did it okay. work? No, obviously I'm with you. Your rustles are right. canceling you out your intelligence. If you landed here, it must not have worked too well. Yeah, um, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So architecture. I do think that's like engineering is less sexy than architecture, and architecture yeah. is the sexy. And I studied engineering. You know, yeah, for, I, okay, I can see that. <laughs> for yeah. some reason, like, when you say, like, I'm an architect, people have this 1950s image in their head, like, you're in an attic and you're opening up, like, big rolls of, like, I don't know, plans mm-hmm. and stuff. And you've got all these round glasses. And, yeah, that's the image they have. Basically, that scene from, uh, I think it was, like, a movie where Jude Law was playing. I don't know. Or maybe it wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, it's yeah, you get the things. That's your benchmark about being cool, Jude Law. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I always thought Jude Law is what Germany had in the 30s. <laughs> hey, that was my joke, man. What? Yeah, I, I said it on stage one oh, time. Oh no I, way! Yeah, thanks a lot. Okay, now we have a we have a copyright dispute. Uh, I've stolen Saman's joke, which uh, it was it was it, it went something like this. Who's the most hated um, actor in Palestine? It's Jude Law. Okay, that's that's you got to That's okay. Palestine that makes sense, but <laughs> it's better if it's Germany because it's Jude, right? Anyway, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you notes on your own joke, uh, <laughs> which I stole tell me from more, you. Master. That's right. So uh, you studied architecture, right, to avoid military service, which I think is definitely the best reason to get a PhD. Right? Yeah, and so you've been here for ten years. Have you been doing comedy that whole time, or how did you get into doing stand-up? No, actually, I don't know, man. Well, there's this short version of how I tell people. I just woke up one day, and I thought I'm going to do comedy. When I told my brother I have a show, like my very first show, you remember, I I told him, hey, I got like this gig today. And he was like, what the fuck? Why? (laughs) (laughs) Because I never did anything before that. But it was in the back of my head. It it sort of happened in in, in the pandemic, like when things were in lockdown you know i had this mentality that i thought everything's gonna be like this forever you know and then i thought hey i'm in this huge ass city and i never used the facilities why didn't i get on stage why didn't i do this why didn't i do that yeah so i i had a lot of things that i wrote but i never i don't know i just i thought i was i would seem pretentious or whatever which I do right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, being on a comedian podcast <laughs> is, is, is kind of the definition of pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that we like have an office to do this yeah. in is insane. Like, I, I already promoted it before I even got on. That's, I, I, folks, <laughs> that's how much of an asshole I am. This is a promise for me. I will never promote the podcast. If you found it, I don't know how. I had nothing to do with you finding it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's wait for I, the nine incels to listen to this. That's right. I mean, this is the podcast only promoted on incel forums and the fortune boards that school shooters visit. Um, I heard yeah. you're big on Reddit. That's, that's right. That's right. This is going to be, yeah. It's like Reddit, but you can only access it through Tor. Uh, yeah. It's a, dark, it's a dark web Reddit for people who think Reddit is too normal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for the fuck right. Okay. Um, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. So, so you said like you... Um, 
you got in interested in uh, yeah, yeah. writing. So, so wow, were you already writing stuff before you moved to Istanbul or did you begin the writing process here? I mean, I've done, yeah, actually, I, I was doing short films and I had a few scenarios. But oh, like, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was directing, I directed a couple of short films and I was, wow. uh, you know, I have a lot of um, people I know in the sector, in the film sector and stuff like some Here in say, Turkey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Iran too. I mm. mean, like I met them here, at most of them. But the thing is, I mean, um, it's a pain in the ass when you want to shoot a short film. It takes a lot of organizing, especially if you're on a no budget or on a small budget. Yeah. You know, like it's very hard to That's organize. That's the biggest downside. You can't pay anyone. You don't get paid. Yeah, man. I made, Which... I made movies with, if I tell you, you'd be like, I, I could show it to you and you'd think like people usually estimate I made it for like 10 times the price that I actually paid. Like that's how my show is efficient in this cost thing. Mm -hmm. But but yeah. do, you, do you feel like doing those kind of movies though, like it forces you to be creative and it forces you to be good because you don't have a budget to cover up like... Yeah, you know. but I mean, since you're working as a team, I mean, people, you, you can't really rely on people, you know, like it happened, like sometimes I had to change the actor the morning of the shooting. That's how much of a shitty, wow. but, you know, it all turned out okay, I guess. Nonetheless, um, yeah, I wrote I wrote a lot of these things and um, I couldn't shoot them anymore because it's hard, but like I could just get on a stage and add a little bit comedy to it and maybe just tell the story or something, you know? Right. All right. So like you were creating these short films and you had like scenarios, right? Like some scenarios. Sometimes I had just like, you know, like daft ideas and mm -hmm. stuff, but like um, I turned them into more. Some of them were drama, but I added some comedy to it. And I went on stage because most of them were things that actually happened to me in a way, one way or another. And so I thought I had all of these and I never, you know, I never got on stage or told them or anything, you know, like, so I first chance I got after the pandemic, when things opened up, I, I got on to actually, I got onto this other, um, open mic and then, um, Asli, our mutual friend, she introduced me she told me that there's a, a a comedy open mic because the other one was like spoken word spoken right? word or some shit which is boring uh, <laughs> <laughs> no offense to any of the spoken word uh people who listen to this podcast yeah. i'm assuming is all of them yeah man that, yeah <laughs> yeah i know uh there are a couple of english uh, uh stages that it, can you you can perform stand-up comedy in istanbul just to talk about them really quickly to inform our three listeners <laughs> we have spoken word every other tuesday where you can go and perform anything you want not just stand-up comedy you can play music read poems uh, read your diary or just cry on stage yeah. everything is allowed and a lot of that happens but it can't be racist sexist or homophobic yeah which, which is why a lot of the comedians problems. yeah i'm like they need the opposite of that are you for real yeah. dude i yeah. come from a country of censorship don't tell me what to fucking do you know fair point like that's yeah. why i was like so pissed off about i was like i'm not gonna come here again yeah, yeah. i need to be extra homophobic <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's why we have open mics where you can be extra homophobic extra racist extra sexist anything you want folks have, and he have, means have it you, have you ever seen me like do any of these jokes uh, <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> some that, if someone were to say them My, on the podcast we would have to bleep them even in english yeah Dude, i have them. i have deep intellectual jokes are you are you for real like I mean, sort of. For me, they are. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty smart in my own world. You've, yeah. uh, I mean, that's such For a college dropout, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. For a PhD smart. dropout. Yeah, exactly. PhD right. dropouts are by definition a lot smarter. Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 
<laughs> but yeah, open mics every Sunday, 6 p.m. is it is in Kadıköy, and yeah, yeah. every Tuesday, 8:30, Mentalist Pub. Just to announce that. Now back yeah. to the show. It's too bad that all of our listeners are actually in Yerevan, this, or uh, they they would come, but they they can't make it. This this podcast uh, is uh, sponsored by Port <laughs> Port right. VPN. Actually, right. I didn't say the real name because of yeah. copyright. We got to get thank you so much you for being so sensitive we're, about that. Thank you. We're, we're actually getting all of the funding from Mohammed bin Salman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that is that why we're in a fucking basement, yeah, yeah, dude? For, for, why are there no windows? Yeah, here? There's not going to be any windows now. If you would just, uh, Erica, I feel like I'm being interrogated. Well, right you, now, kind of, than... you kind of are. And there's another room that we take you to after the podcast interview. Yeah, where, um, <laughs> let's just say no, it depends on your answers to this interview here. Uh, yeah, friend of the show, Mohammed bin Salman. <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying. I'm wishing that into existence. I'm gonna. I'm manifesting that. Someone, what is your stand-up process like right now? You know, when you when you go on stage, when you're working on a set, how do you normally work on it right now? I mean, if it's open mic, it's usually like something that I that happened to me in the last two weeks or something. You know, like I I actually a, a lot of funny things happen to me, mm -hmm. or I I don't know, I see them funny. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I usually just add to that or interact with the audiences more and uh, what do you mean what's the fucking process do you have a process that sounds that's, so good. that's the one thing everybody asks about what's yeah. your process and it's like i have a process, process? yeah well, I, I, man yeah. i heard I, I don't know who i heard it from but i heard some somebody who studied this like comedy in a university or some shit really i, I don't I, know if it was a university or some college or a something. disgusting they, human being they, to be they sure took courses <laughs> in regard of this why yeah, one of yeah. those scam courses right man that's yeah when you no, finish this you'll become a professional stand-up yeah. comedian it would be better to just learn about cryptocurrency <laughs> uh that's so cringe though i like, horrible <laughs> yeah so obviously you don't do that do you just kind of go on stage and talk about whatever happened to you through the week and like we're finding mostly that way? mostly that's what i do and um yeah but but I, I I enjoy it more whenever I have like um short jokes like I don't know like like smaller jokes like one-liners one-liners yeah yeah specifically one-liners because like um they're harder to think of for me at least I don't know and also and also um I I get more of a kick when I'm doing it in Turkish I've done Turkish open mics I haven't had a solid show yet in it but I don't know because I don't know how it's going to turn out whenever I get on stage and I perform Turkish, you know, it could go any way. Okay, yeah, so Saman, you're going on stage, you're processing, like, uh, whatever's happened to you throughout the week, and do you usually, like, refine it? Do you write a lot of stuff down, or are you just kind of working it out on stage? Um, actually, I'm, I'm trying to master more of, like, um, interacting with the audience. I mean, I get more of a kick. Crowd work. Crowd work. Yeah, you know, like, it's more... I don't know. It's more fun. I I need to get a kick out of what I'm doing. Otherwise, like uh, for a while, when I started, I had my standard set, but you can only do like your set for, yeah. I don't know, a month and then you have to refresh it. Yeah. I know people and you guys know that, dude, I, I saw this guy's We're show. We're not naming like, any names. <laughs> yeah. But you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> this guy, I Me. saw his show like maybe like four years ago and I went to his show again and he was pretty much doing like, I don't know, 70% of 
the same stuff. Yeah. Well, to be fair, a lot of people are still kind of learning English here. So maybe that's just... <laughs> <laughs> they just write their just jokes knows. in Turkish. Yeah, I got his script. Translated uh, in, or yeah. in Google. And, but I, I get what you mean. I also, I also can't do the same jokes over and over again because then it gets boring to me. And the only reason to do this, any of this, including this fucking podcast, is uh, because it's fun. Like it's we're not in it for the money, obviously. Yeah, uh, we're not in it for the fame or the power. Obviously, we don't pay these guys. I yeah. am. You, I, I want fame and power. Yeah, well, that, this is ironically <laughs> the that, first. Step, that's why I'm here. The first step in the in the media empire is appearing actually on this podcast. The, I'm the kingmaker. Do you really yeah. have a hundred thousand like followers? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, uh, oh, wow. they're they're, mo they're mostly bots that I've purchased through the dark web. <laughs> Matt, Matt, <laughs> I don't I don't have Spotify. I'm too poor to afford it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we okay. want only this is only yes. available on Spotify Premium, and then I I send a direct uh, MP3 file to Mohammed bin Salman <laughs> to his personal email. Um, yeah, so like you're you're <clears throat> working that out. You said you've done shows in Turkish too. Yeah, uh, how has that been? Do you notice a lot of difference between English and Turkish audiences, or between English and Turkish material that you do? Well, obviously, there's more. There's like tenfold more like people that, that do Turkish comedy here. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's harder to get like a pro probably like even even on open mics, as the list is much more. You know, it's longer and but but yeah, I mean, most of my jokes they're they're about um, etymology. You know, like I just make fun with words puns. and stuff. Yeah, puns and stuff. Because like, I don't know, when you're... This happens like maybe like in two occasions. Either you're high as fuck and you start thinking about words in your native language or or you're just... Um, you're discovering the language or you pay attention more about words, like which is something that I pay attention more in Turkish, you know? And yeah, so like 90% of my jokes in Turkish, they're like... Um, they're just about certain words that seem more funny. structure, more mathematically. You just yeah, play yeah. play with yeah, words. This is one of the things about doing comedy in two languages, two or more languages, right? Is that you pay special attention because you had to like learn the language. You pay special attention to it, maybe in a way that native speakers don't. Right? Yeah, because sure. it's yeah. like it's harder for you. Yeah, but that also means like you have to think about it more, and you get like weird puns or weird grammar rules that. Yeah. Like native speakers probably just gloss over. They don't even think exactly. about it. And I think it's more interesting to see a foreigner say something like that. But when it comes to like doing material about like current events, do you save most of that for English or is that not part of your act at all? For English, for sure. Like if it's something too sophisticated, I, I mean, I, most of my Turkish jokes, they're short as well because like, you know, I mean, I am fluent in Turkish, but I'm not, I'm not fluent mentally, you know, like if somebody heckles me, I might not be able to respond on yeah. the spot, you know. It's but, hard to be quick-witted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in English, I, I wouldn't have that problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's, you got to have like, this is the hard thing about comedy too, is that it really requires you to have a mastery of the language that you're, you're in, you know, because it's like, if you're going to be, if you're going to do crowd work, if you're going to be on the spot and responding to people, like... Uh, I only speak English and Russian and my Russian is pretty terrible and I didn't realize how terrible it was until I did comedy in Russian <laughs> and I was like, oh boy. Which was uh, like last week, right? A couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was... Yeah, I, I think you were. I mean, I don't understand Russian, but I was in the audience. Yeah. Somehow you were... <laughs> Now who's spying on who? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, it was, that was a vastly different experience and we have people, again, from all over the world here doing comedy and m most of them are doing it in their second language which is a lot harder, but it also gives us a lot of perspectives that I think like comedians in America just don't have at all. Um, 
Yeah. And so, like, you do jokes about etymology. Um, are there any jokes that you've written that are maybe too sensitive or too, like, uh, risky for Turkish audiences? Not really, because I don't... Yeah, I, I actually pay more attention of what I'm saying in Turkish mm -hmm. than when I'm doing it in English. So, yeah, how is it How is it that, like, uh, what's the profile of a Turkish uh, comedy goer? Goers? So, uh, can <laughs> I cut in and ask a follow-up question? Yeah. So, the definition of being too risky in terms of jokes changes when you are doing them in, in English, right? To the English audience in Turkey. True. I mean, like, yeah, you're not you're not risking too much when you're doing an English show here, honestly. And also... First of all, because there's more international people there. And second of all, the type... <laughs> <laughs> they're... they're <laughs> because they know English. Yeah. Uh, okay, nothing. I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> you get uh, it, right? I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah that was the question. What? Because uh, they know English. I got my answer. They, get, they know English. That's why they use all the processing power in their brain. Uh. So they are part <laughs> yeah. of the brain who gets offended. Is yeah. shut down during. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. They don't. They don't understand. They don't <laughs> know enough English to respond to you. Yes. Like you can't get heckled because they don't really know. Like you. Uh, they can't. They can't be yeah, 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 yeah. You need Google <laughs> translating it and trying to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty safe in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. What is happening? Is it parallel universe? I never got restraining order, guys. Yeah, come on, definitely. we are live here. So we're here with Murat Genshul, who has never gotten restraining order. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, this guy is allowed everywhere, and we mean everywhere. <laughs> you, sh you should totally Probably check him out. Too many places, if I'm honest. Like some yeah, places, including I don't know. your mom's houses. Yeah, yeah. My mom's vagina is, you know, pretty occupied. Like the Turks occupied, uh, you know, uh, the gates. It's the gates of Vienna. But where is your mom from <laughs> such a random question yeah those are the those are the is that, is that how you socialize the Murat shower thoughts and they're all about my mother now <laughs> it's, instead of weird questions it's just questions about my mom and her bra size and no my my mother is from Kamarova which is she must uh, be a lovely woman because yes. she didn't get you aborted that's right well that's I, you know to be honest I have some notes yeah. Um, I'm, you know, I kind of wish she had, but it's too late now, you know. Wow. Um, what are you going to do? Hey, now I've got to keep being alive until I'm not. Um, yeah, I just want to make you guys look super honest. That's why I, uh, my next target to get a restraining order is your mom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's kind of funny because she's already on another continent. So I admire the work you're putting in. So yeah. I have to go and get a restraining order yeah, against my mother. I have to take mother. out a loan from bank yeah. to afford the plane tickets. Apply for a visa. It's yeah. just the whole worst. My mother is precious. <laughs> I, I res honestly, I respect that. I feel like you'd make a good stalker for her. Um, yeah. you know, if you're listening to the podcast, hi, mom. She doesn't speak English that well, so it's probably fine. All right. Um, so, Saman. We talked a little bit about censorship and, you know, your desire to have like free expression in Turkey. Uh, could you tell people a little bit about what it's like, you know, trying to do something like stand-up comedy or filmmaking in Iran and uh, the things that are happening there right now? 
Wow. Um, I don't know. I, it was always like big obstacle in front of you the entire time. I mean, yes, it does help you in your creativity. You find some a lot of artists that have like gone through this obstacle some way, you know, like it's just such a hassle, you know, to convince the people who actually have the power for to screen your film or your exhibition or I, I know so many artists that are so underrated in Iran. It's basically you have to censor your own mind, you know, like it's just one step behind North Korea. You know, it gives you a bit of despair because you don't want to continue doing arts after a while. I mean, yeah, you have motivation because of the limitations. But on the other hand, it seems like you've been cut off, you know, yeah, like it, for, it forces you to be more creative. But on the other hand, you have to say the same things that. <clears throat> Uh, people said all around the world again uh, yeah. to go under the cracks of censorship, but you can't really say new things. That's the biggest obstacle. In yeah. Well, we talked about how the only reason to do this is for the, the pleasure of it, the fun of it, right? Yeah. And I guess it's not very fun if you constantly have to worry about, you know, getting a knock on your door from the police. I mean, if you're someone there, if you have like a following it's more riskier, you know, like, especially these days, there's more and more people that are getting knocks on their doors. There was a song released yesterday by this musician in Iran. Basically, what he did is he made a, a song about from all the Twitter titles of the people tweeted about the situation. And he made a song out of it. And it got like 40 million hits in like two days. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it was quite impressive. <laughs> he got a knock on the door and he got like... Wow. arrested like just after two days it's all bullshit man people know the situation nobody ever wanted this to happen this morality police it's it, i mean i when i was there i spent like a third of my life no half of my life in iran right i i i have some wild stories about this like morality but not just me like pretty much anybody from my generation or the new generation you know, like you, you would think it's batshit, you know, the things that you do every day. Yeah, I know this show has a comedy element to it, but there, I don't know, I, I find it hard to make jokes about this no, right I, now. I, I get know? that, I get that. No, no it's, it's not it's all really jokes. Something, it's not, not all jokes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we are dealing, like, like living in Turkey, <clears throat> you know, there's obviously a lot of censorship here too. And I think part of the goal of this show is to give people a space to talk right. about, you know, what their perspective is uh, to an English audience. Right. right. So, so like, like, you know, this theocratic regime like people have had it up to the gills with them you know like it's been 40 years and ever since like day one i mean like they had a whole different vision like i don't know our grandparents generations they had a whole different vision from how it was going to be and then you know finally shit hit the fan i'm glad mm. it has because like in the previous protests i mean it's getting more aggressive but i think it's kind of necessary i mean uh, you can't deal with a vampire with by by a peaceful protest you know like it yeah. doesn't it just yeah. doesn't work like that yeah i i mean i i i was questioning myself a, a few days ago when i saw footage of people like kicking the shit out of police officers i was really enjoying it you know like i was like should i be enjoying this then i was like yeah, yeah i should you know yeah it's hard uh, to feel sympathy for the police so it's yeah. not just the police i i wish it was just the police the police is just like the tip of the iceberg you know like there's so many different factors in this i don't know where to start like the corruption all of the money like iran is like such a fucking rich ass country and like only a few a handful of people have took all of its wealth you know there's so much poverty in a country that shouldn't have poverty at all you know and then there's like 
You know, the same fucking morality police. I, I was like, I got slapped by them. I got, I used to wear like metal t-shirts when I was a teenager. And yeah, I mean, so many, I, I got, I got, I nearly got arrested for having coffee in the park with my girl. Like this was like, I don't know, 10, like 12 years ago. And yeah, so I was just having coffee with my girl in, in the park. And then like this cop, I see him coming from a distance. And you know, the system really makes you paranoid, unwillingly. Like everybody gets paranoid in Iran one way or another. When they come here, even when they see police officers, they're still like, oh, am oh. I doing, you feel like, yeah. like it's really successful in this sense. You know, when I came here, when I moved out of the country for like living there for a long time, I was locking all the doors. I don't know. I was locking all, like all my bags because I was so paranoid, you know, like it took me forever to yeah. get rid of this. You grew up with it. It's kind of like a way of life for you and you can't decondition Dude, it's yourself, like a yeah. nonstop bad trip. Anyway, I was having coffee in the park with my girl and then I saw this cup coming from a distance. And so I told my girlfriend, so we got to, you know, we got to scram, you know, we got to disappear. So I told her to go in a different direction and I walked down these stairs. I realized nobody's coming. So, and then I thought, okay, coast is clear. I'm going to go back. And then suddenly I, I hear this voice, you stop. And it was the same cop. Mm. And you know, I'm like a kid. I'm like 19 or something, 18, 19. I'm, sh I'm oh. shitting in my pants and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, in the, I'm sorry or whatever. Like, he said, you, what are you doing here? And I said, well, uh, I'm going to ask you one question. And if you lie to me, I'm going to take you in. Was the girl with glasses with you? And you know, I'm I was confused as fuck because my girlfriend didn't have glasses at the time. So yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know yeah. what to say. Yeah, lean over, honey, do you yeah. wear glasses? Uh, yeah. so I I said I said no. And he just he, he took me upstairs, he but grabbed me from maybe, the wrist. Maybe he was playing good cop, bad no, cop. No, but no, but I saw bad cop, his, worse cop. Dude, his yeah, eyes were eyesight bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> dude, his eyes were red as fuck. He he smoked something for sure. Yeah. Oh my god. And morality police is high all the time. But he, he doesn't even have to be a morality police. You could just yeah. be a police police. Yeah. So he, he grabbed me by the wrist and we were going upstairs and he's like pointing at my girl. That girl, was she with you? And I said, no. And well, obviously she knows the drill. She said, like, I don't know this guy. And then he's like, okay. So he said, like, he started like t telling different shit. Like he, he, he wasn't convinced. And I said, okay, can we just like, can, you know, like resolve this in another way? Bribing is very formal there. You learn this okay. in third world countries very well. So like. That day, I paid my university's tuition. <laughs> and, really? Yeah, and I had like I don't whole, know, whole years to tuition. Like, like why does it make a difference for one cop? <laughs> for one cop? <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't pay it to him. I paid the university, and I was out with oh. my girlfriend. So I had, a, I didn't have much cash on me at that time. I like see. cars weren't a very formal at the time. Yeah, I thought you were bribing the officer. No, I yeah. did. All I, years too. I had something the yeah. equivalent of, let's say, I don't know, like something like, let's say $10 or something. Yeah, the officer okay. didn't have a QR code you could scan to transfer money to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I swear, I've I've had friends that told me that they did take card or something. <laughs> I, 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 wow. I could arrest you or you want to pay cash or cards. <laughs> you just hear some really batshit things. I had a friend that like, you know, like, they're, they're really corrupt. They, they, he said that they, he was just walking back home and the, the, the police car, uh, like the, the, the car stopped and he said, get in, got in. And then he showed them like this, he 
took a booklet or something and he opened it and they said there was hash inside. He said, like, how much are you gonna pay me so that I don't like label you with this? That's so fucked oh, wow. up, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least that's a good level of honesty to expect from the police. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um man. yeah. So like um Haggling on the bribing. It sounds like those cops are really above the law. Like, for everything that I've ever heard from all the Iranians I've talked to, you really do feel like you should run away from the police when you see them. They're like thugs, you know? Yeah. And it's not just the police, I'm telling you. Like, there's the military force, there's the clergymen. Like, there's all sorts of people that you run away from. And, you know, when something like this happens, it makes you, like, depressed. You don't even feel like walking outside for a month, you know? Like, you feel so powerless, like, like lawlessness, real lawlessness. It sounds like the whole structure is kind of designed to, you know, make you paranoid, to it oppress is. you, and it's corrupt all the way down. Don't trust anyone. That's right, you know. It's exactly All the way I down felt. from the clergy to the military to the police. You can't, and I think that's part of the control, right, is that, like, everybody is, you know, constantly looking over their shoulder. Everybody's kind of censoring themselves all the time. Naturally. Fear. Yeah, fear is fear a Fear, in one word, like, if you had to say, like, yeah. that's what rules any society that's like a, an autocracy except you know, turkey like, which is great and has no problems at all and we've always said that <laughs> dude um yeah honestly in turkey at least you've never been slapped by a police officer for wearing a slayer t-shirt you know yeah. so that I, was the end of the story you you've been slapped after giving ten dollars no i wasn't sla- no that's a different story I've, I've had several of these man like oh this was just like Actually, he took the he took the ten dollars and returned two dollars back, and he said, "Go home with this." <laughs> that, that was like <laughs> nice of him. Even your change, your change, your bribe. Sure, yeah. Thank you for your concern. Well, yeah. Is there a discount if you pay cash? Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, okay. So one time, I was I was walking back from um, my high school with my friends, and I was wearing this, you know, again a metal T-shirt, and then I was. Um, we're walking by, there's a police station right by my, my school, and we're walking in front of it. And then I hear Mr. Metalhead, mm. like from the guard at the door. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm on alert mode, you know, like how dogs have their ears upwards. Like that's how I was. And then I heard it, hear it for a second time. And I said, Mr. Metalhead. And I said to my friends, dude, I'm going to run. I think we should all scram, like, you know, like this guy's calling me out. And then, for a third time, Mr. Slayerhead. I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Maybe he <laughs> wants to talk about Slayer. Maybe he Dude, I turned around and I saw the guard at the door. Well, he was, a, he was a, obviously he was a soldier. Like, you know, because like there's conscription in Iran and um, regular people do their military service in the police sometimes. Oh. And so I see this guy, this guy roughly my age and he's doing the devil horn sticking his tongue yeah. out to me. Yeah, he's a fan. I was like, fan. I knew it. That was fucking That's gross. a happy ending. No, that <laughs> was. Yo, dude, raining blood's fucking sick. You're, you know, you're not, you're, yeah. yeah, but you know, I was just shitting bricks at that point. Yeah, and now he's but, just like, no, dude, Kerry King is fucking sick on guitar. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you get this job in the morality police? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's also a part of it, you know? Like sometimes they have soldiers in the car with them that don't agree with this even even like you know higher up in the yeah yeah you know you like have to wonder the hierarchy who are doing not, it there, there are yeah. still people that they they don't even believe in it but they they have to obey their drill sergeant or one above them you know yeah i wonder how many people who are doing this are really how many people in that force in that corrupt structure how many of them really believe in it anymore? You know, um, I don't think it's that many. I think I think enough to uh, like kick them in the face. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. 
and, and, and not not think about this yeah. you know so a coup d'etat is on the way it's possible are you saying this um that's it's the official very... stance of the podcast how how is it, how did you first of all how did you conclude to that from what i just <laughs> i thought there was a lot of police uh in yeah, the, police the police force, force that force... is against against these rules uh, but that's i mean the police doesn't have the main i mean yeah it's a big force but like the military and the revolutionary guard the revolutionary guard is the main force in iran which is an unofficial military which is you know, it's the same one that the United States recognizes as a terrorist organization. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's the main military in Iran, I could say. And the problem with that is me as as someone as a as a guy in Iran or any any man in Iran who passes the age of 18 has obligatory military service. They're conscripted. And they don't choose where they're going. So you could be assigned to the revolutionary guard and you would be recognized as a terrorist by the United States. Well, you know, just, just by yeah. random, just by doing your government service. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's such that's such a hypocritical thing by the U.S. You know, like you can never go to the United States if they find out that you served for the Revolutionary Guard, and you have no choice in that. You don't. You have. You don't choose yeah. where you're going to do your military service. Yeah, you can't tell them like I was really bad at it. I never, you know, quite got it right. <laughs> you know, you don't have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is. I don't know how yeah. to load a gun. I never yeah. held a gun. At. I never held a gun in my life. Um. Yeah. It was like a Keystone Cops thing where you're fumbling around with the weapon and it's. Yeah. Yeah. So, Saman, I wanted to ask you though. Like, you talked a little bit about knowing a lot of artists in Iran that are underrepresented or kind of unknown still, and you talked about this atmosphere of paranoia and fear that's <clears> drilled into you from like all parts of the society what effect does that have then on comedy because you're right it is hard to joke about all this stuff but what i've noticed like um people are always telling jokes you know uh people always have a sense of humor even in like horrible times so yeah. what it, what's the comedy scene like in tehran right yeah, now zero serious question i mean you don't have stand-up comedy man you, you yeah. like you can't have a stand-up comedy in an atmosphere like that first of all people don't want to laugh yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Second, uh, like, I mean, there are some Iranian um, comedians in LA, and maybe you've heard of Maz Jabrani. He was actually here a few years ago, and then there was. Uh, oh, he'll be coming back. Yeah, yeah. To this but, podcast, no, I'm sure. <laughs> hopefully, no. hopefully we'll get him. Yeah, but but you know, like, there's there's a few that are like known internationally, but in Iran itself, I don't know. Like, I, I, I at least. Especially at the time that I left, it was all these cringy, you know, like, you can't really joke about anything. Yeah. What are you going to joke about? Criticizing the government or yeah. what? Criticizing? What do you, What can you do? Like, all all the stuff that people really want to talk about, you can't talk about. You know, you can, you all can, the stuff that's boring and kind of bullshit. Yeah, that's why. It's, yeah. well, I, I didn't, by artists, I didn't just mean like comedy. I meant like any sort of art mm-hmm. form. Like, I know a lot of painters. I know a lot of like um, cartoonists or filmmakers, musicians. They're all like, yeah, I had a friend, he had a, like a a punk band or something over there. And like, yeah, you know, like they, they, they got like, uh, their drummer committed suicide after a while because of depression she had over there, you know, like, so Mm. all this, it's just fucked up, you know? Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean, as a, especially if you're an artist or if you're somebody who doesn't. Or to hear that. Right. And especially if you're like somebody who's using words, right? Because com- comedy, as we talked about, it's all about the language you're using. It's about using words to get a reaction from the audience that you're talking with. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, probably there is no stand-up scene. I can't imagine like what a comedy club might look like. But is there still like 
I don't know what kind of jokes do people pass along to each other. I don't know whether it's in the WhatsApp chats or whatever it might be, but like fringy ones, <laughs> fringy ones, mostly. Yeah. There's no, I don't know. There's don't... no underground comedy scene, really. Okay, yeah, they, my people need me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to start doing it in Turkish, English, and Farsi just to get the whole thing. Yeah, but I can't really. I don't know. Like I. I've talked to a few people here that are Turkish people that do English stand up. Mm -hmm. I asked them, why don't you do Turkish? And they were like, I can't think in Turkish. Mm -hmm. What you're saying there is like, you know, it sounds like these artists and creatives, and you said cartoonists also, right? That's yeah. also a form of comedy. Like, uh, is there something like an underground scene where people are working on this stuff? Because if you have a punk band, you got to have a rehearsal space. You got to have people who come to shows and stuff. No, it's all jam session. It's all jam, se jam session punk band. Yeah. And it's only yeah. underground. I'd, when people told me, hey, we're going to this club, it's an underground place. And then I came and I was like, this isn't underground. There's literally people. <laughs> like, <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> like, th everything over there is underground. Almost everything. Everything is illegal. Mm -hmm. If you live by the law over there, yeah. you know, you're not going to. You're going to have a bad time, okay? Well, right, right. So alcohol is forbidden, but from what I understand, a lot of it is imported. Yeah, it's like, at least in my hometown, I mean, the, the way we got alcohol was like how you would get heroin here. Yeah. Not that I know how, how is you that, Simone? Yeah, how would you? <laughs> right. yeah. Not that I know anything Subscribe to the that. Patreon for a step-by-step -step guide on how to get premium <laughs> Afghan heroin. Yeah. It will be delivered to you at your place of address by Murat Genshin, uh, my co-host. Why do you think I'm here for 10 years, man? That's right. Because <laughs> you, you can't get the energy to, to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, too, you're too strong out to go. Yeah. So yeah. you never go back to Iran in your, in summers or for holidays? Do you I, have any family? I can't or? because of this conscription thing oh, basically yeah. i mean yeah i could go but I, they probably won't let me to you'll be like, signed up for military yeah, right? i won't. risk it yeah they wouldn't they, they won't let me leave yeah i guess and yeah and well i mean yeah i i don't mentally click with a lot of people there as well but like this these things that have been happening in iran lately it's it's a spark of hope you know and also for the first time, you know, they're not saying all these because like in the previous protests, they had like all these Islamic chants like Allahu Akbar, which was like, I was like, are you are you for real? You're you're protesting and yet you're saying Allahu Akbar like, but now for reverse the reverse psychology. Yeah. <laughs> but now they don't have either of that or they don't. There's not even people that believe that this they should have a change within the system or anything. All of these beliefs, they just want this regime, this theocratic regime to to go and get the yeah album. historically yeah. speaking there has been protests like every other 10 years right every 10 years I, first it was something. like first it was like every 10 years and then it was five now it's way more frequent and now it's like every year and it's a major one and it's becoming more violent yeah now i really think it's the time to yeah that's uh, that's always the question whether you're talking about russia or um iran or some other third country that i won't name uh, you know, the question is, how long can these things stay in power? And I mean, we all have our hopes, but nobody knows. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, you know, like the medieval <laughs> times, it lasted for centuries. Yeah. I was like, I was, that's how much I was like in despair. I didn't, I thought like, uh, it's this not going to will gonna, be forever. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, but hopefully now and I'm seeing that yeah. people, everybody's fed up. But I mean, like everyone is fed up with them. Like you, I've been search i used to before these things happen i used to use instagram for maybe an hour tops a day i was checking my activity the other day seven hours a day i'm just checking all these new posts i just want to see people fuck shit up you know
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it. Like, yeah, it's anarchy and yeah, blowing up a bank is, it seems like it's, it's, it's just ruining and vandalizing stuff, but Hey, that bank is owned, owned by the revolutionary guard. So just fuck it up, you know, like, yeah, I, I, I get a kick out of these things or like, and, and oh. all the artists that, you know, in Iran, how have they been responding to these events? Cause I've seen, I've seen so many, uh, creative, like videos and uh like like images cartoons things people have painted videos people have made uh it's there's been a real burst of creativity as people are hoping to like keep the hashtags going you know keep uh social media up which increases awareness of the protests that are happening right now so all those creatives that you know in iran i'm just wondering how they've responded to this everybody's doing their bit you know like all anybody who can do something it's not just i mean yeah you have like um Hackers doing like from anonymous and some other hack groups like they're hacking people going on the streets, which is the most important part. There are people who record them and they send them to to broadcast. Mm -hmm. And then there's artists that do their part by, you know, raising awareness, putting something fresh out, you know, so that the movement doesn't die and not just it doesn't die. It's actually getting. It's had a pretty um, stable, like, now we're at the second week of it, and, you know, it's just as good as the first days. Yeah, doesn't you know? seem to be letting up. And then there's a lot of Iranians outside Iran who are also helping to spread everything happening inside to the outside world. Yeah, this Saturday, actually, there's going to be a lot of um, protests all over in every major city in the world, pretty much. I saw this, like, this guy's Instagram that had... All of the locations, they didn't miss uh, a single place. You know? How is the control over internet over there? Is it a closed circle like China? Uh, is it closed, closer um, to that? How, how do you keep up the communication? Switch, right? There's like the, they, yeah, actually, I mean, well, I'm talking to my friends or my family sometimes in Iran and they, they cut it at 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. every day. Wow. Yeah. So like, they're offline. It's almost everybody. Well, for years they've been using VPNs and like you know, anything that to get through this. But other than that, you know, like it's it's just these days, especially like they just cut it from five p.m. I think till midnight or something because like mostly the 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 protests happen at nighttime. But they can still connect through VPN, is it? Or Um, or no, I can I can barely like connect anybody through WhatsApp. That sucks mm. because I wanted to uh, point out that you said comparing to compared to medieval times, it's faster. So compared to medieval times, you have this huge communication network. Of you course, can of course. get news from the neighboring countries. People, they are not in the medieval times anymore. Yeah, people also wipe their asses. Like there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of differences between the medieval times and now. Yeah. But, but like that's why they should the the people at the top they don't fucking realize this there's a big yeah. difference like you can't just be a theocratic regime yeah. and like you know you can't fuck get away with it so easily anymore and right? you, know, you know yeah and you know it's not just that like this this regime has done bad all over the world you know like they I, I i wouldn't know where to start you know like syria iraq all these countries like they're they're preventing them from having democratic uh, governments as well like Iran is supporting the Assad regime and like also you know they're also Putin bought a shit ton of drones from Iran because he was desperate for that and you know like all these proxy wars and all that 
yeah it's it's yeah. just it's just like a, a gambling with people's lives that's yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely uh and so yeah as you said it's the second week of the protests um is there anything you want because i'm this is an english listening audience right yeah of a uh, hundred thousand more or less than we have. <laughs> um, or hundred mentally ill hundred thousand hundred mentally ill people which which need to have a thousand split personalities yes yes which uh yeah if you i uh, keep downloading the podcast and just playing it on whatever servers you can get access to <laughs> play it on some iranian servers you know play this uh in iran uh, to block out whatever communications the they, government they're is gonna sending play out. it from like these trucks, you know, like they advertise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Imagine that is the case. Do you yeah. want to send a message? To yeah, we because we need the downloads, we need the plays. So you know, I'd be happy to contribute this podcast, <laughs> the cause as a kind of like psychological torture. Is that why I'm here? That's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. right. So we're, so uh, we're exploiting. We're right building now. a new okay. psychological yes. torture weapon in the form of a podcast of three comedians. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. also to give Turkish people hope yeah you see there are worse countries there yeah this is what gives turkish people hope is this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i was going to ask you if you want to send a message to uh, people over there no no to that as well i mean yeah. i don't know if they would get it but <laughs> <laughs> hey hey people in iran know english pretty well you oh know. i mean like through the internet not that they yeah, wouldn't understand okay. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like a Che Guevara wanna, wannabe or something, but my message would be fuck shit up, you know, as much as you can. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's the that's the goal of the podcast. That's the vibe of the podcast. Uh, we're uh, we're sponsored by like not even a company, just making a Molotov cocktails and throwing them through the windows of banks. That's the sponsorship of this podcast. Whatever money you get from that bank that you start blowing up, if you could send some of it to the Patreon. Uh, you know, I mean, I know Iran's not connected to SWIFT, uh, but, you know, just send the money yeah. to Murat Genshow. Yeah, man. House. I mean, I don't get it. When Russians complain about, oh, we don't have SWIFT anymore, or we don't have this, we don't have this. I mean, like, bitch, yeah. please. We've had, like, this is our yeah. life, basically, yeah. for the last yeah. 25 never had years. Yeah. yeah, we never had any Welcome of Welcome to the club, bitch. Yeah, wait, yeah. wait, till you, <laughs> wait till you fly with planes from the 70s, oh, you yeah. know, like. Oh, <laughs> that's already happening. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're kicking, yeah. yeah. Tell so. me, tell me. So. Stop, stop bitching about things that <laughs> first world, no second world problems. Yeah, you know? Birds yeah. of a feather. First world, second world. I get world. to complain first. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. it first. Yeah, first oh, world, second weird. world, sanction world, third world, <laughs> <laughs> sanction world, <laughs> sanction world. The least fun uh, Disneyland knockoff. Like, welcome to sanction world. But you know what? It's sanctions, like the United States or like some countries, they 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 impose sanctions on on Iran, but the, the people it really it, it only affects like the the population. It doesn't affect like the people at the top yeah. because like they're so wealthy that they don't give a shit about it. They can go yeah. Like, all the richest people have already gotten their money out of the country. Yeah, they can they can do whatever they want, and you know yeah. But, but yeah, I just want to advertise that uh, the country of Turkey, on the other hand, is fantastic. And, uh, <laughs> has uh, no structural problems, actually. It's the only country I've seen that has actually no structural problems in its government or financial system. Yes, yes. everything. Is I perfect. mean, in comparison Not with Iran, at all. hear me out, dude. <laughs> in comparison with Iran, like a few years ago, I don't know, like these fuckers, they took around, they took out. I don't know. I couldn't even count the zeros. That's how much money it was. Like yeah. it was. They took uh, like it happened twice, I think. Hmm. I don't know, 90 billion or some shit like that. I don't know. Did they how print much like a really long receipt. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, ex yeah, that's exactly what happened, uh, Leon. Yeah. That's, that's right. On that note, I think we're going to end the podcast. All right. Thank you. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners in Iran and elsewhere, the two kinds of places in the world, um, for joining us on this episode of the Comedy Passport Podcast from Istanbul, Turkey. I'm Leon Sandler. My guest tonight has been Samantinati, man, dude. <laughs> That's right. And I was joined here as Murat Gençol as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still Murat Gençol. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> see you next time. Bye. Hello. Can I see your passports, please?